Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia Agnello, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Look out. It's only films to be buried with Rewind Classic. Hello, everyone. How are you? It's me, Brett Goldstein. As you may remember from last week, I'm having a couple of weeks off to focus on filming. So in the meantime, I'm putting out all-time classic episodes. We had James Acaster, the very first episode last week. This week, it's Yvette Nicole Brown, her first appearance on the show. Ah, what a beauty it is. If you've never heard it before, you're going to love it. And if you're hearing it again, I think you're still going to love it. It's a really good one. She's wonderful. For those of you who want the extra questions, the secrets with the guests, the videos with the guests, all that extra stuff, head over to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein, where you'll find it all there. And this is it. You know, I hope you enjoy it. I hope this tides you over. Thanks for being patient. Hope you're all well. And for now, I very much hope you enjoy this very special Rewind Classic episode, Films to be Buried With. Hello and welcome to Films to be Buried With. It is me, Brett Goldstein, and I am joined today by an actor a podcaster, a presenter, a animated hero, an avenger, a lover, a fighter, a hero, an inspiration, and the greatest host that I have ever had the pleasure to be hosted by. Please welcome to the show, the wonderful, the amazing, Yvette Nicole Brown! That was my Muppets, uh, my Kermit the Frog <laughs> scream. Um, I want you to write my obituary. Oh, I already have. Uh, no spoilers. Have you? <laughs> okay, I mean, not that I, I mean, not that I want you to outlive me because I'd love to live a long life. But if I happen to go before you, can you just write it for me? Yes, I will. I will. And let's hope, okay. let's hope you're around for many years to come. I would love that. It would be terrible if if you were to die so soon. <laughs> it is. An absolute delight to have you. I'm so happy to have you on here. Thank you. For those of you who don't know, I'd never met Yvette before. And we had to do a, we've had to do, I say had to, it's a lovely thing. It's a lovely we get, thing. We've been asked to do a number of Q&A as a, t- as a team, as a cast, as a crew. Then we had to do one with you and you moderated it. And I swear to God, for about a week afterwards, we were still talking about it because whatever you did to us, it was like we'd gone away to camp with you and you got us bonding around a fireplace. <laughs> like all oh. of us were so emotional by the end of it. I don't know what you did to us, but it was like you made us better, you made us stronger, you made us tighter, and you made us open, big open hearts. <laughs> I don't know what you did. That makes me so happy because you know, it's so funny. I knew you guys were, you were like about to go in to do your second season. So mm. if I helped, you know, knit you this did. amazing group of people even closer together, that it will be a badge of honor. And I'd like that added to my obituary, please. Uh, hold on. Let me just make a note. You're going to make a note, right? Put it down. That, <laughs> yeah. that I also did that. I made you really happy did. people it was quite magical. happier. Loving people more loving. That would make me so happy. Yeah. Now tell us, tell the people, tell the people that don't know when you, I don't know when you listen to this, we're in a pandemic. Sorry, sorry Mm -hmm. to put that out there, but you've been working, right? You're working, you're, you're managing to work in this environment. And how is that all going? 
You know, it's been a little bit scary. I'm a liar. It it was, I'm not normally a liar, but I just lied right then. It's been very scary. Um, You know, for the first part of the pandemic, we were still on set shooting Big Shot for Disney Plus. And then, you know, everything shut down in LA. And then, you know, I kind of became an inside person. And I was like, okay, Mm. I'm just going to do podcasts and and Zoom panels, and I'm going to do voiceovers. And I just kind of decided that I guess I'd never leave my house again. Now, I'm already an introvert. Some of my friends call me the brown recluse. So it was like <laughs> suited to who I was until like the it started opening back up and I had to go back in the world. And I was like, am I agoraphobic now? Like, do I have a fear of being on set? And, uh, you know, I realized I got a touch. I got a smidge. So now yeah. when I have to go do something, I'm like, What's the best mask that I can wear to set before I have to take it off and be totally, you know, un, unprotected yeah. and just, you know, all the COVID tests and Zycam swabs. And it's been a lot. It's been a lot. But I'm grateful for work. I don't want to sound like I'm not happy that I have jobs, but no, oof, no. scary. I, I really relate to that. I, I had like one of my first days on set mm-hmm. recently. And one thing I hadn't, as it was fucking amazing. I was so happy to be there for, God, I'm so grateful I get to leave the house. However, However, just the fact that at one point I was stood somewhere where there were 50 people and we, you know, everyone was talking and I was like, I have not been near more than two people in a year. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, uh. But no mask too. Like it's, it's, I've talked to people, like I've had friends that have come by and stood like on the street and I've been on my front mm. stoop and we've kind of yelled at each other through masks. But when you get on set and they're like, okay, let's take those shields and masks off. And you realize yeah. that this is the first time you looked at a person's face and let their <laughs> breath hit your, your yeah. cranium in a year. It's very scary. Yeah. Yeah. So weird, isn't it? It is. But fuck, it's good to have something to do. <laughs> It is, listen, it is, it is, it is. And and that's, that's the introvert a year later speaking. I, I actually can go a long time by myself. It's yes. a, it's a gift. It's a gift of mine. That is a gift. Do you, do you, when you're doing, cause also you're very clearly a, um, is this the word? A radiator. You're a radiator, right? Do you know this oh, theory? Some no. people are, some people are, I don't know what the, op- what the opposite of a radiator is that, that yeah. takes in Heat. The energy of the and, heat. And- yeah, you're you're a radiator, it seems to me. You radiate love and energy and whatever. And so when you do that, do you at the end of the day like I need to fucking lock myself in a closet? Oh and yeah. Never oh yeah. Leave. Like this this is how I know though that someone or something is my assignment. Like I, I always have known that I am an encourager of people and a champion of people. And even being an introvert, I love people. So that's the mm the battle that I'm always fighting because in my nature, I want to be by myself, but I just, I always say this, I find people to be delicious. I just think that their weirdness and their little faces and their little moods and attitudes and their joys, like all of it is so great to me that I'm drawn to it. Right. But I also realize that everybody and everything is not my assignment. So when I am assigned to something, when it's something that I feel like God said, this is where you're supposed to walk. This is who you're supposed Mm -hmm. to talk to. This is what you're supposed to do. I have like this supernatural energy and I could do it all day. That was like my conversation with you guys. It was just a divine gathering of souls in that day. Right. So after that, I could have climbed a mountain. But then sometimes you're talking to some people and it's it's an energy drain. Like it wasn't what I was supposed to be doing. It wasn't where I was supposed to be. They weren't who I was supposed to be talking to. And when that is over, I'm like in the bed for like two days trying to get myself together. So it all depends on whether it's an assignment or not. I totally, fully, totally get this. So, so sometimes people are you like, God, oh, you're, you're, you're like, you seem depressed. What happened? You're like, I just talked to the wrong people and I shouldn't have, I followed yeah, the I wrong. just spent a day with some really, yeah. oh, some soul draining yeah. people. And they, and I don't even think they, they intend to be that. I just think that there's some people like, maybe it's your radiator theory. There's some people that vibrate at a higher vibration than other people do. And mm-hmm. some people give. And, and their lives are outward facing. And then some people's lives are inward facing and the inward facing people tend to suck a little bit of the life force from other people. They, they don't yeah. intend to, I hope, I hope it's not sinister. It's just the way that they're set up. So yeah. you have to protect yourself. If you're someone that pushes out, you have to make sure that you're not getting sucked dry. Is it something that you nurture? And what I want to know is this mm-hmm. uh, sort of instinct where you go, God has led me to this thing. Mm-hmm. And when it's right, it feels so right. And then occasionally you get it wrong and you arrive at the thing and you go, oh, no, this is definitely not. Mm -hmm. Is it just something you cultivate that 
instinct that sort of the knowing follow this yeah you know what, what? It? it's funny because i grew up poor in east cleveland i have this part of me that's like make the money <laughs> so there's a lot yeah. of times when it's a work thing it, i say yes and then i get there and go why did i say yes to this right mm-hmm. and so in those instances i didn't necessarily be i wasn't able to glean whether this was going to be helpful for my spirit but i made the decision because you know i had to I wanted to stack some cash for a rainy day. Now, when that situation happens, you suck it up and you just handle it. But if I walk into something that I'm not being contractually required to stay mm. in this space and it's funky, I go, you know what? It was great meeting you, but I'm going to get on out of here. So if I can't ascertain the situation before I get in it, I will extricate myself quickly if it's yeah. something that I know is going to suck me dry. Have you always been this way? Are you are you mm-hmm. very sensitive to others? Always. Yeah. This is going to sound spooky, but there's certain people like I won't even look them in the eye. Like if I see someone and it's it's funky, I won't hug them. Well, none of us can hug right now, but when we could yeah. hug, I won't hug them. I won't look them in the eye. And I'm a hugger. So if I'm not coming towards you like this before the, yeah. the pandemic, I didn't see something on you. I didn't see you know, no, no yeah. judgment, but there's something that you, I'm going to leave with you. I ain't taking none yeah. of it with me. So I can kind of tell if someone is not, you know. No, ju- no judgment, but yeah. I think you're evil. No judgment. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, hey, do your thing. Rock on with yeah. your bad self, literally. But um, just not for me. <laughs> just not how I uh, dance through life. So, yeah. I, to- I totally, totally get it. People have vibes. And they you, do. Some- you know this. Sometimes they you're do. like, sometimes you're like, I can't be around this person. And they've done nothing wrong. Yeah. They've no. actively, not actively done anything wrong, but you're like, no, it's, it's just a vibe. <laughs> yeah. It's a vibe. And also, there's some people that have the vibe and sometimes they just need a little loving. They just a bit of you to to see them, right? I feel like everyone in life just ultimately wants to be seen, right? They just want someone to know that they exist, right? And yeah. then the people that have spent their lives with that desire and no one's seen them in in a way that they can feel, they tend to be a little curmudgeonly or a little a little rough around the edges. And the sad thing is, most people avoid them because of that, and so yeah. it's a it reinforces. It's like a circle. They're they're not seen. So they're, you know, and so sometimes when I see those people, I don't, I'm not repelled by that because I can see that that crusty little exterior, they just need a little bit, you know, it's kind of like your character on Ted Lasso. You know what I mean? Mm. He's, he's a good man that has this crusty exterior and those with eyes to see can see the goodness and the love in him, no matter what he says or does. And once somebody just loves on him a little bit, he turns into a Muppet. (laughs) That's Right. Yeah. That's true. I think for every curmudgeon. I, yeah. And I do tend to, I think I've talked about this on here before. So apologies mm-hmm. if I've said this before, but the, the thing of sometimes I really take against someone for no reason, but like, as in, I don't know the person, we, perhaps we're mm-hmm. at the, the, the gym together. Or whatever, and there's, there's someone there and I'm like, oh, this guy, I hate this guy. And, and, it will, <laughs> and I'll be like, why? Like nothing's happened, but there's a vibe, there's something. Right. And then I force myself to go, no, look, you need to find the love here. Because mm-hmm. everyone's a person, and eventually I'll see something, and it'll always be a, a glimmer of something, which is basically that everyone is a little kid inside. Everyone is a little kid they that are. just wants to be loved, and some people hide that so well. <laughs> but you, well, it's all right. there. That's I yeah. sometimes think that's true. And this is the thing too, though. Like, and even in saying that, you'll know that it's your assignment because you'll have a heart for doing it. You should never love begrudgingly. It should never be like, oh, I'm going to go over here and love this person. That's not how you do love. It needs to be like, this person's difficult, but I kind of want to talk to him. Like, it should feel yeah. like that. You know, I want to see what's there. You'll have a heart. You, the things that you're supposed to dip a toe in, you'll have a heart for. And so you think when you don't feel that way, when you feel like, I'm just walking out of here, I'm leaving this, it's like someone else. Someone it's someone else's assignment. It's someone else's assignment. You know what I mean? And, and the thing is. Yeah, there's a lot of people that are supposed to help people. You know, like like uh, mm. like uh, Mr. Rogers always said, look for the helpers. I do believe that I'm one of the helpers, and that's not coming from a place of arrogance. It's right. just I I love people, and that's one of my gifts. So I know that I'm one of the helpers, but at the same time, even Jesus didn't help everybody, right? I have my people that I'm supposed to help, and there's other helpers that have their people they're supposed to help. And, you know, you don't help yourself or ultimately anybody else if you have drained yourself. Like when you're on an airplane, they say, put your oxygen mask on yeah. first. Like you have to make sure that you have enough to give. And so if you don't feel that someone's your assignment, you're playing yourself and them if you step in anyway. That's the way I feel about it. I love it. love mm-hmm. it. Vet Nicole Brown. I've, Red Goldstein. Forgo- I've forgotten to tell you something. What did you forget? I've, 
uh, and it's really stupid that I didn't tell you. And okay. now I remembered. I feel bad okay. that earlier you said about. Don't feel bad. Because I feel like I was about to tell you, and then it slipped my mind when you okay. said you said I want you to write my obituary, and I said, "Oh, I already have." Yes. the The reason I the reason I had, and I should have I should have said this. Yes. I should have said it at the time. Uh, I'll just I'll <laughs> just, just say it. Just say it. I say it. Pull off the bandit. You, you've died. Oh, dog on it. You know. Dang it. It, I'm sorry. It had to happen someday, Brett. I didn't know that it had happened, but I figured someday. But for the but, record, it's a hell of an obituary. Damn right. It's, it's damn beautiful. Right, it's damn the best right, thing Brett. I've ever written. It's <laughs> that's saying a lot because you write Ted Lasso, so that's saying a lot if it's the best thing you've ever written. Well, God bless you, but you wait till you see this obituary. Not a dry <laughs> eye. Uh, oh, tell, I can see it from heaven. Okay, go, go. <laughs> tell me, how, how did you die? How, how did you die? You know... I believe that I died peacefully in my sleep after a very long and loving life of joy, great adventures, good friends, and finally a husband. They <laughs> just just went to that sweet, sweet slumber and woke up talking to the Lord. What time? What 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 time? What? How old were you when this happened? What's your dream age? Of you dying? know, I imagine if it's a long life, I think I'd at least make it to the late eighties. Oh. I'd push I beyond think. that. You think should I go? Should I go ninety-seven? If you're if you're in good health and good brain and all that, then if, yeah. If I, yeah, if if I'm still intact, I would go. I would go mid to late nineties. Just okay. just about to kiss a hundred. Just about to just. I'd be annoyed it. though if you got to ninety-nine and died. I'd be and annoyed. You want to get your so card we, from the queen? Let's go to a hundred then. Let's go to a yeah. hundred, but not much beyond. You get the card. You birthday card from the queen at a hundred, yes. and then you yeah. you open it, you read it, you go. Hmm. That wasn't it all. It was cracked up. <laughs> and, and and our version of that in America is we get to be uh, on a Smucker's label, uh, I think, on the NBC, uh, the Today Show. Yvette made it to 100 label. I'll take it. What's Smucker's? Smucker's, Smucker's is a delicious jelly. It's a oh, delicious okay. jelly. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Smucker's, Smucker's is so good. I think that oh, I think the doggone, uh, I think the freaking slogan is with a name like Smucker's, it has to be good. With a name like Smuckers, it has to be good. Also, Yvette Nicole Brown has reached to 100 today. That's how <laughs> that's yeah. how their adverts go. Yes. Do you worry about death? Is it, is it something you think about a lot? You know, I used to think about it a lot. Not not so much the idea of death because, you know, I just feel like there's more that this is, there was something before and, and after. So it's not that part, it's the how. I don't do things that could lead to it. Like anything that could lead to it being bad. Like I don't go into large bodies of water. I don't like flying over large bodies of water. I've done it, but something about it. I don't bungee jump. I don't ski, don't fence. I don't accept duels. Um. <laughs> so you worry, you worry, but then you stopped worrying. Why have you stopped worrying? You know, because real life became so perilous with COVID and, you know, we had Donald Trump for a while and then there's been mm-hmm. racial unrest here and just so many other things. I was like, I can't worry about dying and worry every single day about living. Like I have to just let one mm-hmm. of them go. So I decided to put all of my energy and worry into living. <laughs> I love that. That's nice. Right? And what about afterlife? Do you think, what do you think happens when you die? I think you go back to where you came. I think that, I think that there's more, I think there was more before we came here. And I think there's more after, you know, I don't I don't even know how to live my life not believing that there's a grander plan for all of us. Like this idea of we we came from nothing and we go back to nothing just seems like the most colossal waste of the spirits that I've met. You know what I yeah. mean? The people that are so full of everything, how they can just how the, it just goes to nothingness. Just I don't believe that. I believe that there is an afterlife. And you know, I'm trying to get back to it because I think we start there and then we come here and we we dabble and try to figure some things out. And then we go back and talk about what we learned. Yeah. And then maybe get it, maybe get another go. I don't know. Maybe you get up there and God's like, how you feel? What? <laughs> Almost got it. I was close. Yeah. Like, you want another go? <laughs> Give me another go. Let me try that. I can do better this time. Let me get down there again. Let me, you know. Yeah. I had a conversation with a friend of mine about this once. And I was like, just imagine that we are these, these beings. And, and God says to us, there's so much down there. There's like, there's heartbreak. There's love. There's 
joys, triumphs, all these great things. And you get to experience as much of it as you want. You get to choose your adventure down there. And I I was telling my friend about this in the sense of there's so much sadness and hard things happening. What if we looked at it like we are these eternal beings and instead of it destroying us, we said, I get to experience heartbreak too? Like, what if it was that? Like this feeling of it's just another experience of being alive. And yes, it rips your heart out and makes you feel horrible, but all the richness of the experience of it. If you're a being that marvels at experiences and feeling things and emotions why not yeah come down here and just you know get your heart stomped on 50 times or you know pull yourself back from the brink of bankruptcy or sickness or whatever you know yeah why not i can't remember where this came from but someone told me that for a month to try saying thank you to everything so you say so you're saying thank you thank you but even terrible stuff that's happening you go thank you yep thank you Thank you. And it's that is the thing you start to go, I'm getting to experience everything. It's all an adventure. Even the the negative feeling stuff is an adventure. Oh, look, I'm experiencing this. Thank you. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank (laughs) Thank you. you. Thank you. What, what, what would happen if we did that? Like if everybody just kind of took that mindset that it's a journey, Mm. I'm on the journey and I'm going to celebrate just the gift of being able to be on the journey. The journey is the thing. Yeah. Like when you get down to it, does it really matter what it is when it's really, when you think about the totality of just the, the gift of being able to live? Mm. Like just some mornings I go outside and, and the air is so clean or so beautiful. And I'm just breathing the air like, you know, wow, like this is so this is a beautiful day. Yeah. Like what a joy to see this sunrise and smell this air and hear that particular bird and to be in this space and time where I got to have this exact experience. Wow. Yeah. Like, what if you went through life with a sense of wonder? You know what I mean? That would be everybody's life, which you would change everybody's life and everybody would change yours for the good, right? Yeah, let's do that. I mean, you're already doing it. Um, Let's do that, Brett. I'm trying. Every day I'm doing my best. I've got some news for you. There is, um, there's a heaven. (gasps) Yeah, you're in. You made it quite easily. I made it. Quite easily. There was was very little (laughs) discussion. There there wasn't a lot of controversy. It was like, yeah, yeah, she gets in. And um, It's got all your favorite stuff there. What's your favorite thing? It changes a lot, Brett. I would say right now it's potatoes. It's it's mostly made of potatoes. <laughs> mostly made of potatoes. Potato That's waffle really chairs, exciting. potato. Yes, man. Potato All edible and salted just right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can you can eat, eat every it's just it's a potato heaven. Right. But they yes. they they want to talk to you, they want to hang out with you, they also want to leave you alone when you want your space. But but what they want to yeah. know is they want to know about your life through film. And the first thing oh, they exciting. ask you is, what is the first film you remember seeing, Yvette Nicole Brown? You know, it's interesting. The first film I think I ever saw in my life, it was one of one or two, because um, I can't remember if I saw one in the theater and one at home, like on like cable or something, mm-hmm. but The Wiz. Oh, wow. Is the first, like one of the first mental images of film mm-hmm. that I have. And the second is a really random movie called Claudine with Diane Carroll and James Earl Jones. It's a woman with like, she has like six or seven kids and James Earl Jones plays a garbage man and it's their love story. And the reason I don't know if it was that one, because it came out when I was really young or not born yet. So I know that there's less, I saw it in my mama's womb. There's very mm-hmm. little chance that I saw that in a theater and we didn't get cable until I was a lot older. So I think it was the whiz, which was magical and amazing. And Michael Jackson. And you saw that this is you seeing this on TV or at the, at the cinema. I think I saw the whiz in the theater. Like I feel like, I feel like my experience of the whiz was so expansive that it had to have been in a theater. And cause I remember, I remember it in color. I remember seeing it in color and all the wonder of that and seeing so many black people dancing and singing and, you know, it was Diana Ross and, and Nipsey Russell and uh, Quincy Jones did the music and Michael Jackson. And it was such a experience that I'm pretty sure that was the very first film I ever saw in a theater. Wow. Yeah. And where was that? Where where were you growing up again? East Cleveland, East Cleveland, Cleveland, Ohio. Yeah. And do you have brothers and sisters or was it just you? I have an older brother. How old, how much older is he? He's a, a year and a half older. So we did would he have been with you at the Wiz? Was this a whole family? I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it was a family a family outing because we both he and I were both really young, so it had to be a family outing. And we didn't have a lot of family outings because my again, my mom was a single mom and she worked hard and 
we weren't like destitute or anything, mm-hmm. but it was a kind of childhood where sometimes you would have a birthday gift. Sometimes your birthday gift would be socks and underwear, which we were happy to get. Sometimes there would be a Christmas gift. Sometimes it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And we just understood that, you know, it's finances. Yeah. You know, we, my mom was very honest with us about that stuff. So I'm pretty sure that the Wiz is the kind of movie where she was going to save and splurge for us to this see something. This was a big, big, the big deal. It would be a, yeah, it was a big deal. I love that. Mm-hmm. what's the film that scared you the most? Do you like being scared? I do not like being scared. And it's so funny because <laughs> I am such a huge fan of The Walking Dead and that whole television show is just about being scared. So mm-hmm. I don't like being scared. I just love great stories. This movie that scared the bejesus out of me and to this day it does is Poltergeist. Oh, great. And this is why, Brett, like, because I saw other scary movies. Like I saw The Omen and I saw um, The Exorcist and those killed me. Nightmare on Elm Street, all of those. But there's something about Poltergeist. It happens in your house. And it happens through your television. And it happens because something happened on the land your house is on before you even moved in. So you had nothing to do with what's happening. You don't understand what's happening and you don't find out why it's happening until you almost die. So everything (laughs) about that, you know, to this day, it's just... Scary. Poltergeist was really, really scary. Poltergeist is really scary. And it was a PG. Is. That is mad. Was it a PG? It was a PG when it came out. It is mad. I don't think it is a PG now. I think they re-rated it. They had, come on, it's got to be an R now because the guy just pulling his face <laughs> off, the, the doggone steak that moves across the counter yeah. and all the stuff bubbles out, the doggone tree, the clown, the doggone life form coming out of the closet. There's so much stuff that destroys children. I can't imagine that it's PG. Yeah. I can't. Pool with all the the the, the, the skeletons popping up and what no what, what yeah what do ghosts want in those films they're trying to kill us so they can hang out with us that's what i wonder what do the guys want i figured they wanted their legacy to be honored and they were angry that right. somebody just took over their sacred burial ground and just put up a complex of beautiful homes but still they didn't know how beautiful the homes would be yeah. they just wanted to be left in, in eternal slumber and peace and i i get it like i understood the mm. what the story they were trying to tell like capitalism over morality mm-hmm. which is what we fight every day in america for sure yeah what is the film that made you cry the most and do you cry are you a crier i am a crier I cry from joy more than sadness in films. Like I'll, something will move me and I'll cry. But the movies, I had a, I always have, I have a couple for most of these answers because I just love okay. films. So The Notebook made me cry, The Ugly Cry. Um, <laughs> love, love does it for me. Love in all its forms. Terms of Endearment made me cry, mm. The Ugly Cry. Beaches oh my made God. me cry, The Ugly Cry. And then the way we were. Just first of all, <laughs> I want, cry. I want, I want Barbara Streisand and Robert Redford to only ever work together Mm. because that film is so perfect. And when people, especially in love stories, when people can't seem to get it together and everyone watching can see that they're supposed to be together Mm. and then they just can't seem to work it out. That breaks my heart. Mm. That makes me just, and in the films when they never make it, it's heartbreaking. And in the films when they do make it, the the happy tears. So yeah. yeah. Lovely. Well, you got to pick one of them. I'm probably going to go with the notebook just because it was so hard for them to get together. Mm. And then they got together and then he loses her because of dementia. But then the beauty of, I hope I'm not spoiling this for anybody. I feel like don't spoiler alert. The fact that they, they ultimately end up together. The end, ultimately. The end is like the, is like 51st dates in a way. He just has to every day remind yeah. her, tell her yeah. a love story. Fifty First Dates is like a comedy notebook, isn't it? Thinking about it. It is a comedy notebook. Yeah. It is. Yeah. I just, I love the mystery element of the notebook too, because you, I mean, you you catch on pretty, pretty soon into the story that that's the older couple is the younger couple, but just the idea of how they got there and their whole story is mm. just so beautiful. I love that film. Lovely. Apple Card is the perfect cashback rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City branch. Subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Something that makes me crazy is when people say, well, I had this career before, but it was a waste. 
And that's where the perspective shift comes, that it's not a waste that everything you've done has built you to where you are now. This is She Pivots, the podcast where we explore the inspiring pivots women have made and dig deeper into the personal reasons behind them. Join me, Emily Tish sussman every Wednesday on She Pivots as I sit down with inspiring women like Misty Copeland, Brooke Shields, Vanessa Hudgens, and so many more. We dive into how these women made their pivot and their mindset shifts that happened as a result. It's a podcast about women, their stories, and how their pivot became their success. Listen to She Pivots on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mm-hmm. What is the film that people don't like, generally not acclaimed, critics don't like it, but you think everyone is an idiot and it's a really good film and you love it? I don't feel like you guys told me that I couldn't choose this. <laughs> it might be something that I shouldn't choose, right. but I all, I want to choose it because I love it so much. I know every line from it and I have a sneaking suspicion that you love it too. Something tells me, first of all, I feel like you and I are kindred anyway, because the Muppet, the Muppet poster alone mm-hmm. says it, but okay. I'm going to say this film and I think that you love it too. And if, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Grease too. Grease too. See? Say no come more. This man, come on. Let's, I, I, we can talk, we could do the whole podcast on it. I feel that you're kindred with me, right? You feel Flawless. the same way. Flawless film. Flawless. The best grease. There is no... F- the best grease. The best grease. I don't care what any... Hey. I don't even know what to say. Where do we even start with the politics? The sexual politics? Look, Grease won. The lyric we all sing. People sing at karaoke. Did she put up a fight? What on earth is going on? What on earth is going on? And that's okay? We move over to Grease too. I want to be better for her. I want to be a good enough man that is worthy of her. Not of her. She'll just dress up like me. Come on and turn and turn herself into who I'm supposed, who I yeah. need her to be for her to get my love. Woo. You want to talk about the songs? All the songs yeah. are hits. You want to talk? Every single song Every is a hit. Every single one a banger. I and you know what? You- when you're little, you think charades is boring. And then you get older and you realize it's fucking deep. <laughs> and then you get older and you realize it's beautiful. It's a beautiful it's a be- song. It's beautiful song. I swear. Cool writer. Has he lost the real him? <laughs> it is magnificent. And also. It is. It is. Go. Mi- no, go, Brett. Go. Michelle Pfeiffer. Her first film. Get out of town. That is. I in- don't know if it was her first. No, because she was in Scarface. It's the first one that resonated. That it's is, the first one that resonated. That is a movie star right there. Arriving. Maxwell Caulfield in his Maxwell in his Caulfield. prime. In his, his prime. prime. They, together, the, the love, she t- everything. She has an internal monologue on stage that people hear and connect to because that, it's so powerful. First of all, the whole freaking talent show yeah. was amazing. Yeah. And the fact that everything panned back so she could talk about turning back the hands of time. Yeah. What? Yeah. Grease too. Grease. Two. Grease 2. And I don't care if anybody else ever chose it. It is an unsung gem. It is a masterpiece. It doesn't put a foot wrong. It doesn't. It really doesn't. One of the lyrics really one of the lyrics in Grease 2 is there's a female butcher at the luncheon meat display. Thanks. Yes. Everything. Come on. Keep going. <laughs> don't why are you stopping? Oh, why? Because I want you to sing. Where does the pollen go? I'm going to leave you with that. Tell me a song that teaches you about reproduction better than reproduction. Than reproduction. There is not one. And the whole and the whole scene, every scene, every every snippet mm-hmm. in that one song as they go around the room, everyone talking talking about the the pregnancy like it's all just mm-hmm. I can't. I'm 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 getting just excited just talking about it. Just yeah. I love it so much. And I don't meet a lot of people that understand the beauty of Greece too. So the fact that you are meeting me here in my joy makes me very happy. I love, love, love Greece too. Love it. I love Greece too. This is so, one of the yeah. many reasons you were straight in the door at heaven, by the way. They looked over your <laughs> I agree. Like, Back at you. Yeah. Back at you. She likes Greece too. <laughs> Greece too. She's in. She likes Greece too. Oh God, I love that. Um, movie. 
On the other end of the scale, what is the film that you used to love, but you've watched it recently and you've gone, oh, this doesn't hold up for me for whatever reason. You might have changed. Your feelings about the film have changed. Mm -hmm. You know, any reason like that. First of all, the star of this film is one of my favorite actresses. I feel like she is unsung and she will make it onto the playlist later on in our conversation in another slot. Sandra Bullock Mm -hmm. in The Net. Now, this is a film that people may not... You, how do you know I was going to say the net? You just, I'm telling you we're the same person, bro. Because <laughs> you said Sandra Bullock, and I was like, yeah, the net. Here we go. <laughs> the net. First of all, every movie Sandra Bullock has ever done, I've seen and or own. And really, I think mm-hmm. I own every single one of them on DVD. The net used to be one of my favorites because it was such a, a taut... It was a taut little thriller. Mm-hmm. And she, this sweet girl is caught into all this, this, this problem, and she can't prove that she's who she is. And now it would never work. It would just never work now because everything about social media now is we all have our pictures and we're verified yeah. and we, you know, there's no way that you could have an entire world that no one could prove that it was you. Yeah. You know, it just could never happen, but it's still a fun ride if you just, you know, turn your brain off on that, that part of it. Yeah. It's a real, it's a ballsy thing to make a film called the internet and then, and for yeah. it not to be instantly dated and sort of embarrassing. I know. The, yeah, the, the web. It's a great film, though. Yeah, it's still a good. It's still film. fun. You know it's fun. I don't know a lot of people that seen the net too. I think our DVD catalogs are are <laughs> so be, or our Netflix cubes would be kind of the same. <laughs> We've got the same algorithm. I think the Venn diagram would be just a circle. <laughs> now, yeah, the net. Yvette Nicole Brown. What is the film mm. that means the most to you? Not necessarily the film itself is any good, but because the experience you had around seeing it that will always make it special to you. This might be a little on the nose, but I have to go with Avengers Endgame. And this is why Mm -hmm. I had a cameo in Avengers Endgame and they shot Avengers Endgame and Infinity War at the same time. They shot both scenes from both films over a span of like a couple of years. And I am friends with the Russo brothers. They, they executive produced and directed community, a show I did. And they were kind enough to, bring some of us in to do cameos in the Avengers film. So we all were just kind of always waiting for the call to finally come. So when the call finally came for me, I was shooting an ABC show called The Mayor and thankfully Disney and Marvel and ABC are all under the same umbrella. So it worked out where I could fly to Atlanta to do it. Now I went to do it while they were shooting Infinity War. So I thought I was in Infinity War. I signed an NDA, couldn't tell anybody I was in Infinity War, but I knew I was in Infinity War. My swag was Infinity War. My little backpack they gave me said Infinity War. I'm in Infinity War. So when Infinity War came and went and I was not in it, I was like, well, I'm on the cutting room floor. So then here comes Avengers Endgame and everyone's talking about it. They're all excited about it. And I'm a Marvel fan, so I'm excited about it. And I have a group of, I told you in the in the chat we did with uh, Ted Lasso about my blurred group, these yeah. black nerds, and we all love Marvel and comic books and all this. And so we made a plan as a group to go see Infinity War as the blurred brunch group. And I didn't know I was in it. Uh, and wow. so we're sitting, I'm sitting with my greatest friends watching Avengers Endgame and they're going to the 70s. And I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, wait a minute. I, I was I was in the 70s scene. What, what's happening? They're going, they show an elevator. I'm like, oh my God, what's happening? And next thing I know, my face pops up on the screen. My friends go crazy. I go crazy. The crowd goes crazy. And it was just like a moment that you could not plan because it was just so, it was such a surprise for me, for them, for the poor people in the theater didn't know why this whole role was losing their mind. <laughs> so I, I'm going with Avengers Endgame for that. I will never forget the feeling of realizing I made it in with my friends around me. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's so wonderful. That's wonderful for all the reasons. And also it's like yeah. you, whatever your background, whatever you, wherever you started with, you are watching yourself in the biggest film of all time. <laughs> of all time, it's crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. And I forced gump my way into it. Like, it's ridiculous. My, my, a lot of my life is me forced gumping my way into things. It's ridiculous. <laughs> really good answer. What is Thank you. the film you most relate to? Oh, this is where Sandra Bullock makes her second appearance. Hello, Sandra. Welcome back. Hi, Sandra. Welcome back. I want to work with you one day. Um, I think this is the greatest. And I'm, you know, listen, at me, we can debate it. I think it's the greatest uh, romantic comedy ever. And I know that there are other wonderful ones. But for me, while you're you were sleeping is my favorite because that character Lucy is me like the 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 I get crushes all the time I'm the one that's like we'll see a guy and just be like 
if he just met me, <laughs> like if he just met me and like, you know, broke up with, I think there's a line there, which is where well, there is a line where she says and broke up with the supermodel he's currently dating <laughs> and chose me. Like we would just be in love. Like I have this mind where I'm just like, that's the guy. And, you know, usually it, the entirety of my life, it has not been the guy, mm-hmm. but she, it was her guy. Like it, well, he wasn't her guy, but the brother was her guy. So I love that she, her hopeless romantic mindset ultimately led her to the love of her life. And the girl that is crushing, mm-hmm. the one that doesn't get the guy, got the guy, a guy. I just love that. Like the movie yeah. just, it's so me. It's the whole movie is so me. If you want to know who I am, it's that movie. You and Sandra Bullock pretending I, and to while be you were with sleeping. a man in a kaiba. Okay. <laughs> I do it. And she did it to save, you know, she yeah. saved his life. And then it was such a lovely group of people and she wanted to be a part of the family. And yeah. Oh, I just love that movie so much. It's a lovely idea. Yeah. While you're sleeping. Oh, here, here we go, Vet <laughs> Nicole Brown. Okay. Okay. Let's go. <sighs> here we go. What's the sexiest film you've ever seen? My gardener's here too, so I'm sorry if you hear a buzzing. It wasn't just because you asked me about the sexiest. <laughs> um, I think love is sexy. I think monogamous love is sexy. I think people getting over their shit to find love is sexy. So I have two for this too. I will I will pick just one if I must. Okay, but I want to hear the two. The, the first is Ghost, because the fact that this man loved her in the afterlife stayed to protect her in the afterlife. And they were hot together when they were alive, but just that love that he had for her, Ghost. And the second one is a movie called Love Jones, which was Nia Long and Lorenz Tate. And they they fought to be together. And their their chemistry was like combustible. They were just, the two of them together was amazing. And it was also a beautiful love story. They fought, they had to fight for it a little more, but so... Ghost and Love Jones were sexy to me. We're going to have Love Jones because it hasn't come up before. Okay, sure. I really like it. Okay. Uh, now, Yvette Nicole Brown, I don't know how you'll feel about this, but there's a subcategory. Yes. The question is, um, troubling boners, worrying wide-ons. <laughs> and <laughs> the question is, a film you found arousing that perhaps you thought, maybe I shouldn't have. I'm going to go with Fight Club. <laughs> it's- a, thank you for answering. And B, what a great answer. Some people don't answer? I've had three people turn that question down really? in horror. Really? Which always makes me think, well, you're up to something. You're, there's there. something really hiding? sinister. There's a sinister <laughs> underbelly there. No, and this is now, now my reason why. I mean, the obvious, you know, was Brad Pitt in his best human mm-hmm. physical form ever. So, yes. But the second reason I find it weirdly sexy and arousing is it's such a diatribe against capitalism. Like, That first, one of those first early scenes with Ed Norton walking through his house and it becomes an Ikea catalog and he's like buying Mm -hmm. stuff and he does this whole speech or I don't remember if it's him or Brad that does a speech like you're buying things to impress people. And, you know, it's, it's, it it was such a microcosm of, of our consumerism and how we look at life Mm -hmm. and how grabbing the bag or, or, um, I forget how people say it, um. I can't even think of the word, but it's something that getting the bag and hustling to, to get your, get all these trinkets. And it's like, for what, for what? And yeah. the fact that that movie was about a fight club, but was bold enough to like stick a middle finger up at capitalism. That was sexy as hell. Fight club. Really good. Fight club. Really good. Here we go. What is objectively the greatest film of all time? This is not even objective. Anyone that disagrees with me on this needs to check their soul. And I mean, really have a long talk with themselves about how they are living their lives. The best film ever is It's a Wonderful Life. You can have that. Right? Mm -hmm. First of all, it's a little bit in there for everybody. Like there's a little eye candy in there. If you like looking at pretty girls or handsome men, that's in there. It's a morality tale. It's a fantasy film. It's a good guy makes good film. It's a everybody comes up from behind to prop up a wonderful soul film. It's got spirituality. It's got comedy. It's got drama. It's everything. And even it was from the 30s, it even had a black woman in it. Come on. It's perfect what? film. <laughs> it's really good. It's really dark. It's one for life, really dark. It's about suicide. There are moments that are really dark, but I think that it that's life though. Yeah. In life, there are moments that are really dark. And how do you, like the idea, George Bailey, everything that could go wrong, 
in his life mm-hmm. went wrong. Every dream that he had was dashed and he still got up every day and tried to live a life that blessed other people. And it got yeah. to the point where he realized that he was of more use not here. That life had beat down this lovely, wonderful mm. man that badly. And then God himself had to intervene to bring him back from the brink to let him know life is still worth living and this is why. And it, it also- all the people you touch. All the people you touch. And I think that that is true yeah. for every single person. We, we only understand our lives in looking back right? When you're Mm. in the midst of it, it's like looking at a painting too close, right? You see black and blue and red and yellow, and and it doesn't make any sense until you step back and go, oh my God, it's a masterpiece. And to have the masterpiece, you got to have some shadows and some darkness and some some blacks and blues. You have to, because that's how you can see the vibrancy of the the golds and the yellows and the pinks and the, right? But when you're Mm -hmm. in the blue phase or the black phase, it feels like all is lost. And it's, it's a reminder to just hang on one more day and to know that you have done more good than you know. And that's true for everyone. And also any, t- any, t- you tell me, but I've had it, I've experienced it. And I've also heard, you know, wh- whenever you speak to anyone who says to you, oh man, you know, two months ago, I was in such a dark place. I thought about ending it all. And you think, dear God, call me. Why didn't you call yeah. me? And you also think I'd have been so sad yeah, <laughs> if you I, if had. You had. But when you're in that dark place and you can't see that, see your but, way but out. no one's ever said that. I've never heard someone say that and gone, yeah, you probably should have. You know no, I mean? because like it's you... that's not the truth of it. Like I, I often tell yeah. people, and I think if I ever write a book, I'm going to do a chapter about this. We are going to survive everything but one thing. Every heartache, every up and down, every job we don't get, every everything that we feel is going to destroy us. Every single one of those things does not destroy us. There is one thing for each of us that will be the end of us. And we spend our whole lives panicking about all these things. And it doesn't really matter until it's the one thing. And maybe it doesn't even matter then either, because I believe there's an afterlife and you get another shot or whatever. So it's like we twist ourselves into knots about things that always get better. They always do. I always feel like sometimes that the despair we feel is just a lack of memory. Because if we would take a moment, and I'm not talking to people that are clinically depressed, like that's that's a whole nother thing. And I know that is real. And I pray that anyone that is suffering with that will get the help that they need. But I'm saying those of us to just have those days where we're just like, nothing matters. What's the point? If you just would think back, you could find 20 things that were just as spirit killing as that. And you survived it. And the person that broke your heart, you look back and went, I'm glad I ain't with that person. No way. It always happens that way. Yeah, yeah. always get on the other side of it and understand why it had to happen. Right. Even if you didn't like it, you're like, I hated that period of time. I hated working that job. I hated losing that job. But man, if I hadn't lost that job, I never would have got here. Or man, if I'd never taken that job, never would have met that person who ended up introducing me. to. We all can do that mapping to find how our lives work. We just forget in the moment that it always gets better. You know, come on. My dog is trying. Come on, you can do it. There you go. (laughs) See, that's what you got to tell yourself. You can do it. You just got to tell yourself. (laughs) You can do it. Really good. Really good stuff. What's the film that you can or have watched the most over and over again? So many. It's always a lot with me. I'm going to give you a few and you tell me which one you want me to expound on because you might have. Okay. (laughs) I almost know which one you're going to pick because I know no one else has ever said it. (laughs) Princess Bride. Lovely. Independence Day. I fucking love it. I fucking We have to do a movie night, Brett. I love Independence Day. We need to get one of those apps where we can watch a movie at the same time. Um, I love Independence Day. Tootsie. Tootsie. (laughs) Yes. And Adventures in Babysitting. Oh, great (laughs) shout. Well, I guess I want to hear more about Adventures in Babysitting. I knew you were going to pick that one. I know Independence Day is masterpiece. I know. One of the great summer movies. Have other people picked Independence Independence Day Day ever? I don't think it's come up a lot. It's come up before, Uh, though, huh? It's one of the great summer films. It is. If I ever want to clean my house without hating that I have to clean my house... If I put on Independence Day, I will just start cleaning my house because there's something about that film. Well, one, I've seen it so many times that I know how it's going to end. I know the ride. Mm-hmm. And if I happen to be vacuuming, it's okay if I'm vacuuming during a scene because I can turn it off and it'll be another scene that I really love. So yeah, that's that. Princess Bride and Adventures in Babysitting, I love just because they're perfect films. 
But aside from that, I know every single line in each one of them. <laughs> I could literally do a one-person show with all the lines of Princess Bride and Adventures in Babysitting. But since we're going to do Adventures in Babysitting, if that's the one you want me yeah. to expound on, I will say, one, it came out around a time that I was a babysitter or was about to become a babysitter. Second, the adventures that she had were so, like, eye-opening. Um, you got Vincent D'Onfrio, I can't say his name, D'Onfrio, as yeah. Thor and he just looked amazing and he he's like a chameleon when it comes to actors like every role he's ever mm. been in I'm like that doesn't look like Vincent Elizabeth Shue in one of her first performances and she had perfect hair and I love that she was a little chubby like chubby by Hollywood standards right Hollywood. so everyone else was just always in films were always so real thin and she was always just a little a little plump but still totally thin but just a little plump and so as a mm-hmm. as a plump kid myself I was like I saw myself in her and I love that she was this suburban kid that kind of got badass when she had to it's a delightful film delightful. it really is yeah um we I don't like to be negative I don't think you do either so we'll do it fairly quickly what's yeah. the worst film you ever saw you can have it doesn't have to be because it was bad it, the worst be. film I have ever seen and I blame mm. the cast of community that I saw it because they knew that I wouldn't like it. They all knew. They knew I wouldn't mm. like it. And they encouraged me. Human Centipede. Oh, wow. Have you seen Human okay. Centipede? I've not seen all of it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen all of it either. I, I got the gist. <laughs> but just the gist of Human Centipede, just mm. the gist of it. And I think that was probably the first and last time I allowed peer pressure to make me do something. <laughs> Because they were telling, they were all talking about it. And like, you bet you're the only one that hasn't seen it. You need to see it. And I was like, okay, I'm going to see it. And I was fully an adult. Like, there was no reason that that should have worked on me. And I sat down and watched mm. that film. Like, I got about maybe 30 or 40 minutes in. It is the worst thing I've ever sat through. Those 40 minutes, I cannot get back. If you're listening to this just, and you've never but, seen Human Centipede, do not do it. I just always think about the reality of acting in that. It's like, it's all well and good. I know it's not real, but you still have to have your You face still have to have your it. face in someone's butt. In someone's butt for quite a lot, a lot of hours in a day. A lot of hours. The lights are on, it's hot, your face is in a butt. And listen, I don't know that everybody chose not to eat chili or you don't beans. Know. You don't you know. You know how long the shoot was. You don't know. You don't know. People got hungry. It, people just, lunch, There's lunch. The problem with lunch, we had to eat earlier. And you you have lunch and, you're, and maybe it was chili one day and it was delicious. Mm-hmm. And you're one of the people that has to put your face in someone's butt after they had chili. The director was like, I put most of the money on catering because I really care about food. I want you all to have a lovely <laughs> to enjoy meal your meals. <laughs> Everyone <laughs> had a full course meal every day. Human centipede. And then went, pop, pop your head back in the butt. Human centipede. And it's the thing, even the person that was at the front of the line doesn't feel good about mm. it because they know. They're not having a great time. They're having a better They're time. They're having a better time. But I could, I wouldn't be able to be comfortable if I knew the six people behind me were not. <laughs> I can't. I'm not built that way. I'm not built to enjoy myself when other people are suffering. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. What if What if the people behind were like, I'm loving this? <laughs> no one said that. Everybody that said yes to those, the behind roles needed mm. to pay their rent. I'm, I'm sure of it. Uh, they had student loans or rent to pay. There's no one. God, it's worrying, isn't it? I can't think. I wonder. I hope they're all right, those actors. You I want to now go back and figure out who they are yeah. and see if they've done anything since. Because I feel like I would be you so don't trying. see on trailers. <laughs> it doesn't say like, from the human centipede. <laughs> I think, Lorraine. I think no. I would be so traumatized that I would never work again after human centipede. So I don't, I don't know that any of them have worked again in anything we would have seen. And forgive me if I'm well, wrong. Let's let's send them light and love. Yeah. And I hope they're all Meryl there. Streep as the third person in the city. <laughs> nope, not Meryl. Not Meryl. <laughs> you were in comedy. You're very funny. What's the film that made you laugh the most? I laugh at any film that stars Eddie Murphy. And of the films right. that star Eddie Murphy, if mm-hmm. I had to pick one, I would go with Coming to America. Coming to America to this day. And I've seen it again. It's one of those, another film that I could say every line from. But I remember how groundbreaking it was. And the fact that when we found out that Eddie Murphy was playing the little Jewish man in the barbershop at the, when the end yeah. credits rolled, I was like, done. I was done. <laughs> and, it, and it was a great love story. And, and it celebrated Black excellence. And so many stars were in it. And, I, you know, Arsenio Hall was wonderful. Mm. So I'm going to go with yeah, that. It's really good. It's a real funny. It's a funny movie. And, and I will say runner up, up? is Life with Eddie Murphy and Martin, which is really unsung. Life is unsung, Brett. People, yeah, I love it. 
there's a scene of of Martin and Eddie <laughs> in the and they're in their bunks talking, and you can see them breaking in the scene. And the fact that them breaking at the foolishness of each other, the reason it stayed in is I'm sure there was no take they could have used where one of them didn't break, so they had to use a, a, a version of them breaking. And it's delightful to watch funny people making another funny person laugh. Yeah, I love that. I really like that film. It's a great I don't film. Quite understand why it wasn't beloved yeah it's kind of a it's a sleeper like those that those that know know yeah. i knew you'd know because you yeah. every every film i mentioned you'd know <laughs> yeah then nicole brown yeah you've been i mean i was expecting this to be great but i would say this has been even better by a, a million Aww, now but... when you when the thing is when you were the day you turned a hundred, right? Mm-hmm. And you were with your husband and you were oh, lying I on fin- your I finally your bed. found him. I found him, Brett. Yeah. And he's lovely. He's lovely. He's very nice. Okay. And uh, you were watching, you had one of those beds with like buttons that go up and down. You were yeah. watching the TV and on the TV, there you saw it. It said Snuckers, Smuckers. Smuckers. <laughs> that made it to a hundred. Yeah. With a name like Smuckers, it has to be good. It says Smuckers. With a name like that. It has to be Yvette Nicole Brown's 100th <laughs> birthday. And your husband turned you and he clapped and you you had a lovely meal and you watched The Princess Bride yeah. and then you had a cuddle and then you went to sleep. And that's it. And then that night you died. I died. And your husband got up. He's very sad. They knew it was about your time. And he called me up. He said, could you come over and sort this out? I said, yeah, of course I could, mate. So I, I come around, but he's left. he left the heating on. Very in my body, in I'm combusting in the house. I'm stinking up. Yeah. Why do I have to stick up in So I come up. I come upstairs, and I'm like, "Man, you you forgot to turn on on. You should have put on the air conditioning because she's exploded. <laughs> she's exploded. So there was a real mess in the room. It was I exploded, everywhere. Brett. Yeah, it was a long time he'd left the heating on, and so I brought a coffin. But there was just so much more than I was expecting. I was going to have to deal with. <laughs> So I put, I, getting bits off the wall, getting, I mean, there's bits of like bits carpet bits stuck of to you me, or so. Okay. Yeah. But I collected it all okay. and I put it in the coffin, but it's just, uh, with all due respect, it's a, mess. it's a mess. And it's absolutely just jammed in there. I mean, I was 100 too. So it was, even if you found me intact, it might still yeah. be a mess. I don't know. <laughs> it was, it was a mess. Yeah. And so I've smashed it all in, but there's very little room in this coffin. There's only enough room to slide one DVD in the side. And when you go to the other side, it's movie night every night. And one night it's your movie night. What film are you taking to show everyone in heaven when it's your movie night, Yvette Nicole Brown? This is very self-serving. And initially the, the, I thought the question was, what's, what am I going to be buried with? I didn't know that it was going to have to be what I show the Lord when I get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're showing but, the Lord this. But so the no movie question. I chose, and I still, I'm standing by it. A movie I chose is the movie I wrote called Always a Bridesmaid. Because the reason I wanted to be buried with it is it's the first, it's it's a film that I wrote when I was a office temp, you know, 20 years ago. And it got made and it's streaming on Netflix currently. By the time I'm 100, Netflix will be in, chips in our brain. But it's currently streaming on Netflix and it did really well. And it is my heart on film. And so it makes me very, it would make me very happy if, if when you move all the goo of me aside and slip in one DVD, it would make me happy if it's the one that I wrote and executive produced. So I'm going with Always a Bridesmaid. And fun fact for those that are in the Patron, it stars Javicia Leslie, who plays the new Batwoman on CW. So if you like what? your Batwoman, you can see her in a sweet romantic comedy. That's a brilliant, and and you can do a Q and A afterwards. Everyone will love that. They'll love that. Talk, about, talk all about the the people that were, you know, now eighty. They would be eighty at yeah. the time. Now, before we say good good goodbye, is there anything you would like to tell people to watch or to look out for or to listen to? Oh, or anything. Well, listen. Of yours. I'm I'm in the Disney Plus camp, and I have a wonderful kids game show called The Big Fib that airs on Disney Plus and I also have a brand new show with John Stamos coming out um sometime in the future. We we're in COVID right now so we don't know when it's coming out, but it's called Big Shot and it's set in a girls um a elite girls school and I play the principal and John plays the basketball coach. Big Shot. So Big Shot right. and Big Fibs. Just remember Big and my name and Disney Plus <laughs> and you'll find me. You have been a, a a real treat and I am grateful that I got to spend this time with you. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. And you 
have a wonderful day. Thanks, Brad. You will be very popular out there. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much. Thank you. Good night. So that was the Yvette Nicole Brown Rewind Classic. I hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. We'll be back next week with another one. If you want to check out all the extra stuff, go to the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Brett Goldstein. I just want to say thank you to Scroobius Pip and the Distraction Pieces Network. Thanks to Buddy Peace for producing it. Thanks to Adam Richardson for the graphics, Lisa Lydon for the photography, Acast for hosting it. And thank you all for listening. See you next week for another absolute diamond. In the meantime, I hope you all have a lovely week and please be excellent to each other. Sometimes I dream of becoming an actor. Have you ever dreamt of becoming an actor? Maureen, what is it you think I'd do for a living? Never mind, sounds like you need the New York Film Academy. NIFA offers workshops, BFA and MFA degrees and summer camps in filmmaking, acting, journalism and more, online and on campuses across the globe. To make films alongside industry professionals, explore more at nyfa.edu. Thanks, Brett. Thank you, Maureen. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now, this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show Ears Edition on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.